It, uh, it's great to be together, and I, I just want you to know that uh, each Sunday when I'm up here, I'm, I always say, I'm glad you're here. And you might be going, well, you say that every week, but we really are glad that you're here, and we believe that it's no accident that you're here today, and we've been praying for you. And uh, there's this urge in me uh, every single week uh, when I'm up here uh, that I'm, I am so thankful, really that every one of you are a part of this community, and I wish sometimes that I could just have the time to go around chair by chair and just kind of grab your shoulders and look you in the eyes and just say, thank you, and just say uh, that uh, I'm thankful for who uh, you are, for who God is making you. And then I would say, I really believe that God has something incredible in store for you. Whether you believe that about yourself or not. No matter what you're feeling like, I believe that today is a new day. And we're reminded in scripture that Jesus makes all things new. God is up to something in your life this morning, whether you realize it or not, whether you feel close to him or not. God has something incredible to do in your life today. And I believe God, I believe that God wants to shake us up a little bit today. Wake us up from any complacency that we might be in and remind us of some important truths. Because We are in what you might call right now the dog days of August. The dog days of August. And they're not usually the time uh, during the seasons of the year when people think about being awake, when people think about being alert, when people believe that God is doing something new or you're thinking about starting something new. That's more so in September and October when we're starting school and activities are starting up. But why not right now? Why not right now? Why not believe that God wants to do something incredible uh, in and through us Right now, in the dog days of August, and it doesn't, uh, it's, it's difficult, I know, that sometimes during these days when summer is winding on, it's difficult to get passionate about life right now. For many of you, uh, summer vacation is over, and you've gone on some cool trips, uh, you've gotten plenty of sun, you've enjoyed the outdoors, you've had your picnics, maybe you're sunburned, and now it's humid, it's sticky, and that doesn't help. And the summer excitement that you had moving into May is most likely slowly winding down. The most frustrating thing about the dog days of summer for me growing up, and it seems like this continues as well, is those darn back-to-school commercials. I despise back-to-school commercials. Like Walmart, Target, Kmart, they have all these. And thank you. And, and uh, they might as well be starting them in June. I mean, school is starting so early now. It's like we just get out of school and then the next day, get your back-to-school supplies and we got everything on sale. It just drives me crazy. And I remember growing up, whenever I would see those back-to-school commercials when they'd come on in like late June or July, I would, I would just go into the state of denial. I would go into the state of denial and, and, and knowing that summer was coming to a close and I would, I would go into denial and, and I would rebel by like going to the pool again or something or just running around outside my house barefoot or saying, it's not over, it's not over, summer's never going to end because I didn't want it to end. And so that was my way of rebelling. But we can't deny it. We are in the dog days of summer. It's August. And this can be one of those times here when we get a little lazy like dogs in August, in our walk with God as well. That mindset of relaxing, laid-back summer can kind of creep into our spiritual lives as well. And many of you are in these small groups that we started back in January for a year of the Bible. And uh, we've been reading through the Bible this year at Hope, and we've been going through the Psalms this summer. But somewhere along the way, I'm pretty sure that all of us have run into a bit of a rut, right? 
We start off and we're excited and we're started something new, whether it's an exercise program or it's a new habit that you're trying to form or whether it's reading through the Bible. And you start off and then sometimes you get into those valleys, don't you? It's, it's hard to keep up the passion. It's hard to keep up the motivation. And, and sometimes that joy and that excitement just isn't there. It's difficult to stay focused during these dog days of our lives. But that doesn't mean that we're called to stay there. Take a look at this verse from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. Let's say that together. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. I believe that we're called to stay alert, to stay focused on who we've called to be. God's not taking August off. God's not taking August off. And I don't want to miss anything that God has for us as a church and as individuals. Even if that humidity is just sucking the life out of you today, God wants to pour back into you. God has life to pour into you today. God says, I have something new for you today. So look at your neighbor right now. Give him a little jab and say, it's time to wake up. Whatever you need to do, slap the cheeks around a little bit, whatever you need to do. And so as I mentioned, we've been reading through the book of Psalms this summer. And so we're going to dive into Psalm 91 that we heard uh, read today. And so if you'd like to follow along, go ahead and open up uh, your Bibles that you have in front of you. Psalm 91 is a number, another one of those places in Scripture where we're reminded so powerfully of God's promises. To us, and in particular today, God's promise of safety. Psalm 91 is reminding us of God's safety, his provision, his protection in our lives. And uh, we're going to do start off this morning with a little bit of a responsive reading with these first two verses here. Instead of me just reading them to you, I think that they were meant to be sung. They were meant to be read out loud. They're psalms. And so uh, if you look out there, um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be the uh, L, and that stands for leader, dude. And you'll be the A, which stands for all y'all people. All right, so let's read the first part of Psalm 91 together. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. This I declare about the Lord. All right. So if we first look at that, just the first two verses that you've got in front, of, in front of you there, initially this is looking to be a pretty inspirational psalm. Yeah! God is our fortress. God is our refuge. He's our protector, our provider. Then it gets interesting. Verse 5. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Well, that's not very cheery. That doesn't sound like a very cheery psalm. Maybe this psalm isn't as safe as we want it to be, and maybe our lives are not nearly as safe as we want them to be. Yes, God is our shelter and God is our refuge, but that doesn't mean that we don't live in a world where there's darkness in our lives, where there's arrows that come at us, arrows of anger, arrows of loneliness and confusion can strike and pierce our hearts. We live in a world where those close to us, even we ourselves, are not immune to sickness or disease. 
as we read in the psalm. And so I want to ask you as we start off today, what are those arrows in your life right now? They might not be physical arrows. What are the arrows in your life? What are those things that have been coming your way that have pierced you, that have wounded you? What is the darkness that you find yourself walking through today as the psalm talks about? And so instead of spending all his time dwelling on the sometimes harsh realities of our lives, notice what the psalmist does here in Psalm 91. Instead of talking about that, instead, more importantly, he talks about God as our safe place, that presence, that refuge that we have in God. The psalmist understands very well, as Jesus later reminds us again in the Gospels, in this world, you will have trouble. I never said this life was going to be easy. And so the question before us today that I believe the psalmist wants to pose before us is not if these difficult times will come, but instead, when they come, where do you turn? Do you have a center? This morning we say, Jesus, be the center. Do you have him as your center? Do you have him as the foundation in your life? Or do you just simply run around trying to deal with all the pain and darkness and sorrow by yourself. Or maybe you push it down inside. Maybe you've become convinced that you're strong enough to be your own shelter. Well, instead, the psalmist reminds us that there's only one true safe place, and that's in God's presence. A place where we find our center, a place where we find our identity and our hope and our courage then to move forward. And so what I want to focus our attention on for the rest of our time today is just why it is so important to have God be our safe place. You can say, oh, that's nice. That's, it's like having a nice little teddy bear. I can go to my happy place with God. That's not what we're talking about here. When God says, I'm going to be your safe place, he's talking about a world where there are arrows and there is darkness and there is disease and there is disaster and we need a real shelter for real life. And that's the kind of God that we have. And so if we take God seriously as our safe place, how might that impact your life today? I believe that having God as our safe place does two things. It gives us a refuge and it allows us to risk. Say it with me. Refuge and risk. Refuge and risk. And I think that we'll find today is that both refuge and risk are absolutely essential as we move forward in our lives towards greater maturity in Christ. And so first, let's explore this idea of God being our safe place, of God being our refuge. Look at verse 2 of the psalm that you've got in front of you there. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And so your first thought might be, well, that's a place of safety from the storm, right? When you're talking about being attacked or experiencing the storms in our life, that's, that's certainly true. God is that safe place. But I want to take it a step deeper. How do you get centered in your life? How do you find refuge in your life? Is there a time in your life and the regular rhythm of your life that's set aside to find refuge with Jesus? I'm not just talking about in those times of crisis. You've all been in those times of crisis. 
and then you go running to Jesus for protection and safety and wisdom? Is that a regular rhythm to your life where you're finding refuge? Do you have a rhythm in your life where you're continually coming back to find your identity, to find your purpose, and to root your strength in Jesus? Because whether we bring it on ourselves or not, life has a way of kind of tossing and turning us about. You've all been in those places in your life where you think you're centered. You're like, okay, got things on track. Marriage is good. Kids are good. Work's good. School's good. Things are going along pretty well. I feel good. And then all of a sudden, you have that day at work or that month at work or you have that fight with your spouse and it kind of shakes everything up. Or maybe you are confronted by a friend and you just get all defensive. Sometimes it feels like we're just a tiny ship on a big sea, just getting tossed and turned about in our lives. I thought I knew who I was. I thought I made the right decision. I thought that relationship was going well. It's in those times that we need an anchor. We need a way to center ourselves in our lives. And that's when God promises to be our refuge. But the other part of God being our refuge is not just safety from the storm, a centering. But God wants to be a place of rest and renewal for you. And this is something that we don't think about in these terms a lot. But many of you, I'm sure, have been running around this summer, running around from trip to trip, and that coupled with your busy work schedule, You've been running the kids to practice, to practice, to recital, to recital, to activity, to activity. It seems like there's been something going on every weekend maybe for you. Maybe you went on a trip and you got back and you realized you need a vacation from your vacation. Some of us need to find refuge this morning. We need to be rested and we need to be restored. This whole idea of a Sabbath a day set aside every week that it's a command, not a suggestion. When's the last time you had a Sabbath? Do we take that seriously? Do we really believe that if we find God as a regular refuge and a regular rhythm in our lives, that he's going to fill you up and lead you to the kind of life that you're looking for? It's not a suggestion, it's a command. And so if you could... Flip your bulletin over, and on the back, where there's that place for notes, I want you to draw a jar. I want you to draw your, and if you don't know how, basically just draw an oval like that, and then draw some sides. So draw your best rendition of your jar of life. Notice my amazing artwork up here. I want you to draw a jar. So, once you've got that drawn, God is our refuge, and he calls us to be with him in things like a Sabbath day and to be filled up by him. And so, when we function best, when when we're filled up, when we're filled up to the brim in our jar of life here, when we're connected with Jesus, when we're continually being centered in who he is, living refreshed, living confident, This is where Jesus wants it. How does your jar look today? Because we may start here. You may be filled up 
But little by little, life can take its toll on our hearts. And we give, and we give, and we go, and we go, and we run, and we run. And pretty soon, that peace and that joy and that power gets less and less. And some of us are feeling that emptiness today. Some of us, it's, it's been a while for you since you've allowed someone to pour into you. When's the last time you felt like your jar was full? I'm not just talking about, is your glass half empty or half full? I'm not talking about being optimistic. I'm talking about, are you connected? Are you receiving life from Jesus? Have you taken the time to make him as your refuge? When's the last time you slowed down enough to wonder? The story is told that when former President Teddy Roosevelt first came into office as president. It was a very desperate time for our country. One of the first things that he did, he took a week off and went fishing. Some of you guys are like, I like where this sermon's going. He took a week off and he went fishing. And you can imagine his cabinet was just furious. What are you thinking? Our country is in crisis. There's so much to do at work. You're needed here. Don't you see that stack of papers? Don't you see that huge to-do list that you have? The guy goes fishing. What could you be thinking? But it's in those days in the woods that President Roosevelt found his place of refuge. He took the time to listen. He took the time to be centered, to be renewed. And it's in that place that he came up with some of the most amazing ideas that changed the course of history for our country. What's your place of refuge, and are you willing to do what it takes to be filled up today? What is, that, what is it that fills you up, even in little ways during the week? I'm not just talking about going to Canada to fish. That, that would be great for some of you. But in the regular rhythm of life, how do you get filled up? For some of you, the challenge today might be having the humility to stop living under the lie that God needs you to be so busy so that the world can keep spinning. Oh, I know. It sounds ridiculous. But I've been there. And I'm guessing that many of you have as well. It sounds funny. But our ability to let go reflects our trust in the one who holds it all together. It is so important that we don't let the battle become everything. It is so important that we don't let our work become everything. That we don't let our agendas and our pursuits and our goals become everything because they will consume us. As our refuge, Jesus is asking some of you today to spend time receiving from him in the days ahead. Taking some time to listen instead of telling God how important your work is how important your to-do list is. And it's in Jesus that we find our model here, our example for why this is so important. Listen to this from Luke 15. I think we'll have this up on the screen. Jesus is becoming wildly popular. Jesus has a huge agenda. Jesus has a huge to-do list. Verse 15, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so the crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. Jesus has the paparazzi after him now. He's a busy guy. He's got a world to save after all. 
But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. What's up with that? And again, a very similar verse from Mark chapter 1. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. This is not, I don't read you those verses, this is not just about praying or getting up early. It's about that Jesus made a regular habit of spending time with the Father, getting filled up for the work that was ahead of him. And so we're reminded, if Jesus needed to have his jar filled up regularly by his Father, we most certainly do as well. And so in the call to find refuge in God is not so that we can just sit idle there forever. Some of you are in that place and you just need to be. You need to be human beings instead of human doings. But that call is not just so we can sit there forever idle, never moving forward, back into the places that we've been called to go and to work and to make disciples along the way. For Jesus, his place of refuge, his safe place, was a slingshot for him to risk. It was his slingshot back into his ministry to love the unlovable, to meet with sinners, to even suffer and die. God's refuge that he offers us gives us the ability to live lives of risk. It's the slingshot that propels us back into each day with power. Now, here's what I wanted to do. I was thinking about this today. I'm like, I want to buy everybody at City Branch a slingshot. Hard to find around town here. So, instead, we got the best thing. So, if you haven't found it already, reach underneath your chairs, every single one of you, and pick up that rubber band that's there. And that is going to be our slingshot. That is going to be our slingshot. Does everybody have one? You guys need one back there? You need a slingshot. Carter, do you want to grab some? There should be in a, in a back over here somewhere. One of the ushers can help out over there. Um, that's going to be our slingshot for today. So just hold on to it. Don't hit anybody just yet. I know this is dangerous. And I want you to take that rubber band, and I want you to pull it back. And I want you to feel... Don't release it. I want you to feel... The power. Some of you need to pull back. Some of you need to find that refuge in Jesus today, refueling, regaining some of the strength and power you need in God. But we don't stay there. Notice there's tension in it. You weren't meant to stay there forever. Jesus has called us as his church to live lives of power and purpose where we let go and move forward. Live lives where we're not afraid to take risks not stupid risks, don't get me wrong, but to live with courage. Whether it's taking that new job, whether it's moving closer in intimacy to your spouse, that takes courage. Maybe it's pursuing that dream in your life that you've kind of put on the shelf that is long forgotten. Maybe it's making the call that you've been putting off, that takes courage. Maybe it's taking the time to listen and care for a friend that's hurting. Or maybe it's being more open to your friends about your faith. Whatever it is that you've been shying away from, maybe it's time to take that risk today. Maybe it's time to pull back and release 
If it's in line with God's desires and scripture and it's been confirmed by the people that you trust, go for it. God's invitation for you today is to let go. Go for it. Move forward with confidence. Release the power. Do you feel the power? Do you feel the tension that you've been given? And that's just a microchasm of the power that God wants to release in you today. Let it go. Not literally, just yet. Do you have the courage to fail? Do you have the courage to make a mistake? To have something not go as you planned? And here's the key for us today. Don't miss this. Having God as our refuge roots our identity and our confidence in him so that when we live lives of courage, we can take risks for him. And even if we fail, it doesn't have to shake us because we have our center, right? We have our anchor. God encourages us to take risks for him, to shake it up a little bit. And even if we fail, that doesn't have to shake us. As you feel the tension in that rubber band, I want you to think about the power that can be released from your heart. I cannot wait for what God has in store for City Branch as we move closer to the fall. And there's one thing that I know for sure. And that is that we will be called to even greater risks to reach the people that he loves. We've been moving forward in that direction already. And I believe that God wants us to pull back and to release that slingshot in some brand new ways in the near future. And it's going to be risky. To be a church that not only welcomes in the homeless in our community, but shares our lives with them, yeah, we'll be doing that. To be a church that not only meets in small groups, but opens up your heart in brutal honesty to come clean and to love each other, even with all our flaws, that takes courage. That's risky. To go love those kids and those parents at Shalom Zone tomorrow, even if they don't look, act, talk, or live the way that we do, we will love them with an extravagant love because they're God's kids. We will take that risk. To be able to take the Alpha class coming up in September with people from different nationalities, people from different languages and cultural and economic and denominational backgrounds to break down those walls, that's risky and we're going to do it. Because that's what God has called us to do. And if we mess up, when we mess up, when we fail, when we fall short, when we still try to figure it out, we will learn and we will pull back, and we will listen to God, and then we will move forward because we're called to be the church. I told you about President Roosevelt earlier who knew the importance of a safe place, of pulling back that slingshot. But he also knew the importance of not being paralyzed by uncertainty and fear. And I want you to read you these words. This is in a frame that's above my desk at work, and as one of my kind of centering quotes from President Roosevelt. It is not the critic who counts, not those who point out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of good deeds could have done them better. No, the credit belongs to the man or woman in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, 
who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotion, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best, in the end, knows the triumph of high achievement, who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who have never known victory or defeat. This isn't just talking about physical courage. Jesus has not called us to live lives of hiding from the dangers that we heard about in Psalm 91 today. We don't run to God as our refuge to stay there in fear. We go, we pull back to be transformed and to be sent out with his power into the challenges that we face. Refuge and risk. Say it with me. Refuge. Oh, let's try that again. Refuge Refuge. and risk. risk. Pull back. I want you to feel the tension. Pull it as back as far as you can. I want you to feel that tension. As you, not quite yet, not quite yet. Don't let it go. This is going to be good. Just hang on. I want you to pull it and I want you to let it go. I want you to go back and forth, not releasing it yet. And I want you to feel that tension. What movement do you need to make today? Is it refuge for you today? Or is it risk? What movement is God calling to you today? We will always live in that tension as Christ followers. But the key is to stay alert, to stay attentive to your heart, to know what you need to do at any given point of time. And today I challenge you to ask God, what is it that you want me to do? To pull back or to move forward? And so now I'd like to take a a little risk myself, (laughs) if I could. Not up. I want you to shoot those rubber bands at me. You've heard about not. Whoa, 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 whoa. Some of you are jumping the gun. We're gonna have a countdown here. This is a big deal. Some of you heard about the corn dog eating thing at the Iowa State Fair. They sent a Guinness Book of World Records for how many corn dogs. We're gonna set a Guinness Book of World Records for how many rubber bands are shot at a pastor during a sermon. We're gonna make a new record. And so, as you shoot those rubber bands, not right now. Let it be a reminder that we, as a church need God as our safe place and a place for risk. And I'm going to say, one, two, three, go, and I want you to shoot those rubber bands at me. I'm going to take cover. And I want you to shoot it as hard as you can. And when you think about that, I want you to think about being a church that takes take risks. I want you to think about being a church that has to have that refuge. We need to be filled up, that we need to have our jars filled up by God, and that propels us forward to take that risk. We're a church that's ready to move forward with courage and to let it go and to take some risks as we expand God's kingdom in the city. Okay? Are you ready? Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just right here. Just aim for me and don't hit the candles. You are really close. Okay. Okay, I'm going to say one, two, three, go, and you shoot it on go. Okay? Okay? You ready, you ready to take a risk, church? Ready to do this? Okay. One, two, three, go! 
Oh, that wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. He still got his in the front row. You find one, you can take it home with you as your gift today. Amen? Let's stand. Let's stand together.